0: Get get, get, get over here! Do a barrel Wow
1: Waluigi!
0: I'm a chocobo. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of 8 Bits. The Story Screen exclusive podcast where we, I guess they're all exclusive podcasts, but this one's exclusive to the members only feed. If you remember, you you already know, you already know. And that's why you're here. Thank you for being here. Uh, 8 Bits is the podcast. My name's Robbie. Uh, I'm joined by Mike Burge. How are you doing, Mike?
1: I'm doing absolutely fantastic. How are you doing, Robbie?
0: Oh, I'm doing very good. Thank you for asking. 8 Bits is a show. Where we talk about video game to screen adaptations, uh, we talk about how bad they are, and sometimes we talk about how good we wish they could be. We're going along this journey now. We're a few episodes in. We did uh, we did Mario Brothers, <coughs> Stinky, uh, the movie, not the games. Most in most of these examples, the movies Stinky, but the games less Stinky. We did uh, Mortal Kombat. Huh. <laughs> kind of good, not so bad, and uh, now we're here to do Final Fantasy, Mike. Yes. Uh, what's your history with Final Fantasy?
1: Love Final Fantasy. Every single one. Uh, I mean, all, I all sixteen of them. Uh 15. I played uh, Final Fantasy three on the old. Super Nintendo um had a lot of fun with it. And then um, I did not get a PlayStation until uh it had been out for quite some time. And the first uh you know, I always consider seven, eight, nine, and ten. Those are the the final when we when we talk about Final Fantasy, I feel like that era of Final Fantasy is kind of what a lot of people are talking about. The earlier games are a lot of fun, but I feel like Especially nowadays, they weren't um, easily accessible uh, throughout childhood, depending on what you're going for. And, you know, the graphics are kind of weird. The gameplay was a little bit more, I don't want to say adult, but a little bit more mature than like your random kind of jumping and hopping around and stuff. RPGs. And like, that was my first introduction to that. Um, so when I started playing Final Fantasy from like those main four, I started with Final Fantasy VIII Uh, because I didn't have seven, and i had heard seven was great. I played eight, and then I was able to get seven, played seven, then I played nine, then I played ten. Ten, I think, is one of the greatest experiences I've ever had playing a game. It's just I was the right age. I had just gotten like a PS2 to be able to play it. Uh, It's great. The Waves, Titus. All a, waka. Uh,
0: blizz, blizzball, Blitzball. Right? I, 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 I played the shit out of Blitzball,
1: <laughs> man. I, I cracked that thing wide open. Yeah. Um, So when I think of Final Fantasy, I think of those games. And of course, I also think about one of the movies we're going to talk about today, which is Final Fantasy The Spirits Within, which was something that was on like HBO or Showtime or Cinemax all the time when I was a kid. And I would watch it pretty regularly. Um, really? Okay. Just because it was, you know, and we'll talk about it more at length in a little bit, but, you know, it was something completely different back then. Now there's uh, these things are all over the place and they yeah. look a lot better. I still do maintain that for when that movie came out, it looks fucking crazy um, yeah. to imagine that that thing came out 20 years ago and it looks like that. And, you know, it's essentially them just utilizing the graphic card that they have for the cutscenes in their games and they're just making it full length and more immersive, more colorful with a narrative attached to it. And that's it. Um, that's my relationship with final fantasy. I like the games. Uh, I 11, I think was like an online co-op thing, which I've never been into. So I didn't get that. I bought 12. I played it for about five hours and brought it back. Cause I didn't like it. Um, yeah. And, uh, I've never gone back. I, I would, I would rather, um, you know, uh, play one of the older ones, or uh, as I have over the past couple days, been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is a dumb title, um, but yes. not a dumb game, a very good game.
0: No. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll get into it. This episode is mostly going to focus around spirits within Final Fantasy VII Advent Children and Final Fantasy VII Remake. Because a better title for that might be Final Fantasy VII Adaptation. And in the spirit of 8-bits, that's what we're here to discuss. But yeah, my history with Final Fantasy, you know, I'm a little bit younger than you. So, I didn't, like, play... I think my first, like, time, like, playing a game and engaging with Final Fantasy is in Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. Because back then, Kingdom Hearts was, like, the whole premise of Kingdom Hearts kind of before it got away with itself is that it was the blending of final fantasy with Disney. And that was kind of like the pitch of it, mm-hmm. um, creating this like kind of new thing. But then you'd have some fun, like, you know, you could fight Sephiroth and, you know, Mars one and two, you could fight cloud. And I just remember being younger and thinking like all these characters are so cool. Like it's like, man, but I would, I would try and play, I don't even know what, like my first, I think I maybe even like saw a video. I don't even know if I tried to play any of these games, but I'd be like, I, I don't really know if I want to play that. Like I want to play a game. That's like. uh kingdom hearts where i'm hacking and slashing you can upgrade stuff and shit like that but when i but when i was younger i really didn't like turn-based games now that i'm a bit older i i do now actually there's like a lot of turn-based games that i that i really fuck with but when i was younger did not have the the patience or attention span for it um so yeah but like i kind of just like absorbed a lot of final fantasy just through i think like looking stuff up online and like I would draw a lot of the characters um but yeah I would say I would say Kingdom Hearts was my first foray into it I think I tried to play Final Fantasy 12 and I you know it was, it was way over my head at the time I was like kind of too young or dumb to comprehend it but uh, now I you know now I feel like that game I could play now because I, I hear the remaster of it's really good but, uh, yeah, I mean, I know a decent amount about, like, all the games. I haven't played that many. I would say, though, my my favorite entry in the game series is um, Final Fantasy VII Remake, without a fucking doubt. I think that game rocks. But I, I would like to save that to kind of, like, cap the conversation. But, yeah, so uh, let's, uh, let's zero in on Spirits Within. My first time watching Spirits Within. Um... It was tough for me to watch it as, you know, someone who didn't grow up with it or someone who had a history, but I was curious to learn, I was stunned by, like, the cast in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, it's Steve Buscemi, really? Alec Baldwin, really? You're here to hang out?
1: They're good. It's a great Steve Buscemi performance.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's true. Solid. Um, I do, I do agree with you, Mike, that I do think the, um... The the CGI in that movie is very impressive. I mean, that's another thing that like with Final Fantasy and growing up with Final Fantasy, uh, just like in my life, is that the the thing that always is like oh the cutscenes are so cool. Mm-hmm. Like the cutscenes always so good. The Final Fantasy 7 cutscenes, like all that stuff, is like so cool, so cool. They have the best graphics, blah blah blah. And uh, and for a while, like that was kind of true. Like Final Fantasy, you know, I think without no without people knowing even too much about it, it's like you would know that the. The cutscenes and the graphics were like that good,
1: and there and like the thing that I love so much about the cutscenes and that, which is what I kind of really dig about *Spirits Within*, is um, the direction of the cutscenes is very very good. Like they know how to use a camera that doesn't exist and move around things yeah. and do things that um, just kind of washes over you. In like, the, I mean, that's one of the things that Pixar. Uh, utilized so well is using you know it's all animated but they're using focus and things that don't actually exist they're using like um, essentially the hang-ups of using a lens to capture film they're putting in focus things they're putting in um, lens flares they're putting in things that don't actually exist because there is no actual lens that's doing anything. There is no actual light that's doing anything, but they're they're making it more realistic in how they do that. And they've done that all the way since Final Fantasy Seven, Um, OG. Oh, and it's that's the thing that always kind of captivated me. Um, you know, it's seven, eight, and ten kind of have a similar look, at least in the cutscenes. Um, I really love how nine is so much more kind of original in its character design and how its world is set up that for a long time there, nine was like my favorite just because I could really immerse myself in that game. I really loved the card game that was involved in it. Um, and, you know, hot take, we've discussed this previously, but because final fantasy eight was my first introduction to final fantasy, I loved final fantasy eight more than I liked final fantasy seven. And, I would get a lot of shit for that at school because 7 is a fucking great game. And it essentially created all of the things that a lot of these kind of turn-based games are kind of revolved around with this really intricate, emotional story. And when I was younger, I would always say that 7 was just a little bit up its own ass. Uh, And I don't know if I completely agree with that now. Um, But it is just exhilarating to kind of think about how it's it's it was just like final Fantasy. i I liked eight i didn't like seven as much i got a lot of flack for that so you know like when you get defensive on something you start kind of building these things inside of your head that are a little bit more um that are just a little bit more like maybe not actually how you feel and the longer you say them they kind of get in there especially when you're a kid and so now i think back on it and it really was just kind of like Final Fantasy Seven, there's just a huge story there, a gigantic story that spans all of these different different characters and different things and all of these different moments. And it just, it never just seemed as direct a line as the other ones, which maybe is a good thing, maybe is a bad thing, Um I think it's both. I think that the story is a little intense and is a little bit, you know, flimsy, flimsy, but it's, I I don't know, like I'm playing the remake and again, we'll talk about that later on and I'm kind of like remembering all the things that really made it special I think it's the characters the world design how people talk to each other the politics of the whole thing that's what's really interesting but you know to try and uh to try and just like bring it all back is you know one of the obviously yes the major thing is is that the cutscenes were just phenomenal and in in like Playing the remake, which again we will talk about later, but I think it's important to what we're talking about with spirits within is that the the effects and the direction are without a doubt one of the most engaging things about this stuff. You always that's why we're totally cool with cutscenes lasting like ten minutes because you get this little kind of mini movie in this narrative that you're controlling otherwise and that was always the kind of thing I love the narrative in 8 more than I did in 7 and I love the narrative in 9 more than I did in 7 and I even love the narrative in 10 more than I did in 7 and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that I was bullied a lot because I was like oh eight's my favorite and everyone's like "Eight's the worst one and I know that now that kind of has changed a little bit because people have kind of looked back on it and been like you know that's some pretty cool shit. Even if it is kind of ripping off of seven, it's allowed to do that. It's the same people fucking making it. You know, you can't rip yourself off. You can just kind of grow on stuff, you know, like uh, that's, that's just like, I, eh, you know, I, I I get a lot of shit for not digging seven too much, but I will say that the remake is kind of reinvigorating, or reminding me the things that are so special about seven when you're playing it, that you can sometimes forget when you're far removed from a replay.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, seven has so much love and adoration because when it came out, um, you know, it had these crazy cutscenes. It had, um, it, it was, it was like you know, a, a graphical powerhouse on the PS2. You know, like that's the thing that people, I think, remember. They're like, oh my god, it's so, it's so good because it had, because it looked so good at the time. It looks fucking great. Like this, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think when you go back, because I played after I remake i went back and played um i got the original final fantasy 7 on my switch and i was playing through that and like there were some things like because remake just covers the first it's the first five hours of the original five final fantasy 7 expanded into a 45 hour game um but uh so so i was playing through the Midgar part and it was cool and i was just like this game's cool um some things have, like, aged surprisingly well. But, like, you know, the story is, like, kind of nonsensical. And the cool thing about, like, Remake is that it streamlines the story a little bit. You know, it kind of communicates this. But I do I do think the major beats of Seven is cool. Just, like, you know, it's, uh, they're eco-terrorists. Yes. They're, you know, fighting against, like, this mega corporation. All that stuff really works. And, again, the characters um, are
1: so cool. Like, you're just, like, it, it's a fucking yeah. awesome lineup of characters.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, with, you know, back to Spirits Within is just, um, you know, I think watching it now, like as much as I can appreciate kind of how good it must have looked back then. And then doing some research about like how it was kind of like a Hollywood shakeup, like a lot of actors were afraid that like they're not going to need they're not going to need actors anymore. I mean, yeah, they did.
1: They did. Like, did you ever come across the Maxim magazine photos i i read about it i didn't see they did it for both like the male and female lead like in bikinis and like shirt like topless like uh the the guy and just like ripped and stuff and you know this 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 dude that's obviously played off of like like a a combination of ben affleck matt damon and george clooney like in his face but voiced by alec baldwin which is fucking batshit crazy and it's then crazy. obviously the, the, the girl crazy. is like the the, the main uh, like Aki like looks like Sandra Bullock a little bit and like uh, yeah. their whole idea was to try and like this character design is playing this character in this movie but we can put her in another movie as another character and that's her performance and they wanted to actually try and make these kind of digital stars and yeah. I think that it would have I think that it would have happened in some way, at least for a little while, if this movie had been marginally successful, which... um, It was a flop, right? It was not. Yeah, it was. This movie cost a lot of fucking money to make, too much to make back then, and there was almost no way they could have made it back unless it was just this kind of steamrolling mega event, which everybody thought it was going to be. But I think the thing that you... Maybe and I are kind of tiptoeing around with Spirits Within is that um the story is not good.
0: No. It's not good. It uh I I think I read that like there is like a huge part of it like cut or like not like made, or at least in the English version, there might be like a big chunk of it that has to deal with like the main character getting pregnant or not. That's just like not in the movie. Okay and like that makes certain narrative leaps a little weird or like motivations a little weird but yeah the story is is not good um but yeah the the design of the world and like or just just the craft behind making this all digital movie you know where i don't think i'm pretty sure i watched the video the other day where like they didn't have motion capture back then so like everything's like key animated yes. in this movie that's fucking cra- that's Fucking crazy. It's, it's crazy. crazy. Like it's that's yeah, the And there's still scenes the, that like I'm like,
1: this looks great. That's the thing <laughs> about the movie, is that it's just like it's kind of like a dog shit story. It's not terrible. It's just like convoluted and not all that interesting. You know, it yeah. it makes sense by the end. And it's, it's just not that interesting. The stakes are extremely high, but also there's this energy to the movie that's not really treating the stakes like they're that high. Like it's the end of the fucking world, but everyone's just kind of Donald Sutherland's just like, bruh, 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 bruh. you know, my. Like, yeah. I, I feel like this should be a little bit more intense, but I do. I must say,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I do love the bad guy. I think that that bad guy is pretty fucking cool.
0: Uh, what is it? What's his name again?
1: Ed Woods. It's James yeah. Woods from oh, James John Woods, Carpenter's James Vampires, yeah. Yeah. which we covered in the previous exclusive yes. series. Yeah. Uh, who is also the voice of Hades and Hercules, of course, and is not a very good person, and (laughs) I wish he would go away. I I do love that. I just love, like, the general, you know, like the military bureaucrat character, and it's just played with, like, this guy is obviously a villain. He looks like a fucking villain. He talks like a villain. The entire
0: time. The entire time, (laughs) and I do love, like,
1: there's moments throughout it of, like, kind of, You know, superficial humanity, but like, I'll go with that because like superficial humanity is still better than not trying something where it's just like he's thinking about killing himself because of what he did. And, you know, his wife and daughter were taken from him like he's got reasons and motivations and stuff as simplistic and again, very superficial as they may be. In a movie where there's not a whole lot of interesting characters and just dynamics in general, the fact that the bad guy kind of has this somewhat complicated relationship with the events of the movie was I always found to be like the most interesting stuff I think he's got some of the best shots like when he's like you know the ship gliding turns into the bullet in zero gravity and you see he's just like mm. clipping bullets out and stuff and he's just thinking about blowing his goddamn brains out brains out uh it's it, the movie has a bunch of little things little saving graces every now and then, both visually, mainly visually, every now and then narratively, but not too often. That just make me at the end of the day go, you know, they tried really hard. You know, it's like it's like it's like the quote from Christmas Vacation. He tried really hard, grandpa. So do washing machines. But it's like they tried really hard (laughs) and like I can see it. And it's just it was not it was not baked enough. Because maybe yeah. they weren't putting enough energy into it because it wasn't the game. And they're like, people are going to sit with this thing for an hour and a half. If they're in, they're out, it's over. With a game, you're playing this thing for like 40 plus hours. You've got to make this story make sense. And you also have time to kind of flesh it out. And I think that that might have been their biggest downfall is that they were playing in a sandbox that they weren't, they were used to having so much more room.
0: Yeah. I think also, like, you know, the priority is probably, like, what can we make that looks cool that we can make on a... But- like, you know, it's it's much more, like, they're going for style and, and what looks cool in this digitally animated world. I think it's crazy to think about this movie in context to, like, you know, when you, when you think about the fears that, like, actors are having that they're going to be replaced by these all-digital versions. And then, you know, now you look to the future, and, you know, for the most part, you see... Actors and like digital technology really working in tandem, you know. Like, uh, from Spider Man's suit in most of the new Marvel movies, like he's wearing a like, uh, not a green suit, but like a mocap suit the entire time. Like, the suit's just added on to him, you know. So, like, it's, it's kind of crazy to think that like we haven't really gotten to the point where we're replacing actors, but instead we're just kind of like uh, space jamming everyone.
1: Yeah, You know, yeah, where yeah. you're just,
0: like, adding in the CGI into the real world and just, like, making it work. Um, and I think that's, like, that's kind of interesting. And, that, and then, you know, when we do see these, like, CGI movies there, for the most part, like, when you think of a CGI movie, you think of, like, a Pixar or something, like, an all-digital film. You know, it's it's so stylized. And it's not really going for realism, you know. Something like Soul is not really going for realism necessarily you know there are times where like you know they add particle effects and stuff like that and make it look realistic but it's to service a style whereas yeah. you know I think this movie it's like you know it's not trying to look realistic where it's trying to look like it's on earth but it's trying to look realistic where it's just like it's on this other planet and it's like very believable
1: yeah um, and I, you know correct me if I'm wrong but like I think that it looks really like again we we're saying it looks really good but I think like the character design in it and how it It's like, so. I don't think it ever falls into Uncanny Valley territory where it's disturbing. I think there's just a a little bit there, which I think just might be like the costume designs and the world around them, where it never creeped me out. That might have been different 20 years ago when it first came out. But like, you know, like, you know, when you see, you know, like Leia at the end of Rogue One, you're like, ugh. There's something yeah. off-putting about that. You know, you get that Uncanny Valley thing where your brain is like, that is not a human. It's pretending to be a human. I never this got is that in still, this.
0: No, because it's still like anime. Exactly. Right? Like they still
1: like yeah. our little anime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, you don't get that. There's there's a slight, you know, it's not as aggressive as 7, 8, and 10 where like they are kind of look exactly like us, but there's a slight cartoonishness. It's in the eyes mainly. And then 9 is completely just like, you know, they're doing their own thing over there. Um, which I love. Uh, This one, like they are trying to make these, these characters look like as close to human beings and human facial expressions as possible. But I feel like there's a step too far that they're not taking purposefully to avoid that kind of discomfort. Uh, Whether that was intentional or just limiting at the time, I don't know, but. I, watching it, I was just like, it's a cartoon. And maybe it's because i become desensitized to that kind of thing, you know, now where it's like we get a lot of stuff like this that looks yeah. pretty real.
0: Well, now it's been so much, I think, distant. I think when it came out, like, you know, it came out and people were like, this looks so realistic. It looks so cool. I'm not really sure what's going on. If you watch right. a clip of it, you're like, this is impressive. You now it to the point where, like, you know, now it just looks like an older like its aged it hasn't aged as like bad as like other digital things from the year that it came out you know uh you haven't had a chance to watch um love death and robots or love yeah love death and robots I, on netflix I have not yeah the um the cgi in that show and especially the second season that just came out which i which i think is actually a lot better than the first season um they're doing some CGI that's like trying to do it, it's it's honestly like there's so many of it where it's like it's like oh it's like spirits within five times over <laughs> like 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 you know they they do it's very it feels very like what spirits within is trying to do but they're doing it in these like vignette style like shorter pieces sure. and some of the CGI in in those shorts are fucking bananas um it's crazy I thought you froze.
1: No, I didn't freeze. I I was, I thought you were going to (laughs) continue. Sorry. Yes, I agree, Robert. Uh, I have not seen the show, but from what I have seen in trailers, it looks hashtag fucking crazy. Hashtag spirits within is not a great movie. I like it, uh, probably mainly, and I can be honest about this for nostalgia reasons. I used to watch it a lot when I was a kid. I was remembering things as they come back. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that there's a bunch of set pieces in it that uh, don't make a lot of sense, but are still cool. Nonetheless, I love the whole escape, yeah. you know, from like the city and stuff like that. Once like it's a- they've accidentally been let in because they didn't understand that they are spooky ghosts and that they can live in places that no living thing can. Um, seems pretty obvious to me that they're ghosts right from the beginning. I feel like somebody would have stumbled. They're apart. transparent, yeah. transparent. They they're call moving through things. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um and again, this is stuff that I think can get lost in a lot of the translation of everything because let us remember that this was made by a um, Japanese company. It was made by the people that make Final Fantasy. It's pretty much the exact same team coming on over from the top to the bottom. And one thing that we know about translations and certain things is that, you know, certain things have a little bit more of a mysterious weight to them than a deliberate translation into English, which is just like phantoms you know like it could be something a little bit more fluff 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 uh perhaps yeah. i have you know especially uh, japanese is a very um it, without trying to sound like a douchebag or anything and saying that i'm talking i lived in japan for a couple of years so i kind of know what i'm talking about but i don't i also don't um there's like a there's like a poetic structure to how uh, Japanese sentences are kind of formed, at least formally. You know, if you're just talking, you're just talking. But when you're writing something that is going to be produced or something like that, there's a there's a flair that's in there where things mean different things. And it's all about how you structure them and how you say them. And, what and you know, there, there there's a lot of like, you know, a lot of people make fun of like, you know, the, 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 the mannerisms and the grunts and like animes and stuff yeah. like that, you know, cloud in final fantasy seven remake, which I'm very happy that they put it in there. He's constantly going like, <sighs> <finans essere> You know he's constantly doing that because these are, and I like that because these are these are genuflex of Japanese culture where it's like you do certain things like that before a statement to show that it is um, being formed around curiosity or anger or stuff like that. And I, so I, I get how maybe some things might fluctuate and change in the translation. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what their intentions were. I think this was completely made to be like, Hollywood actors in there doing it. Um, That was the intention because they knew that um, English-speaking countries were, like, a major market for Final Fantasy uh, just because, like, the video game boom was just, like, going fucking nuts back in, like, the late 90s and early aughts. Uh, So it's just... There's just, like, little tiny things throughout the movie that are just, like, that's fucking stupid. But there's also, I think... I think that there's not as much cool stuff but the cool stuff is really cool that it kind of evens out for me but the, but the movie boring the movie yeah. the, the movie uh not fun to watch all the time um no, no, it's like it's like what it's like 90 it's a little over 90 minutes long <laughs> and I would say that like 35 minutes of it are like pretty fun to watch and the rest you're just kind of like fuck
0: <laughs> I think you know the intro when you're meeting
1: like you
0: know, some of the characters and like the fast talking soldiers, like we were seeing like the group of soldiers all have like good morale and they're hanging out and like, they're like kind of doing grunt talk back at each other. I was like, Oh, I kind of buy with this. Cause it feels like, you know, more human and the dialogue is like a little bit quippy. Uh, and that stuff can really pull me in, in movies. But uh, once it get to the big picture, like big capital P plot stuff is, is when it lost me. But uh, there were times even towards the end where I was, I was very impressed with just like, Especially when you have scenes where, like, kind of, like, lighting is kind of covering even, like, some of the more modern imperfections you would see in there. You're just like, damn, those is, this is really good. And then learning that, like, you know, it was all keyframed and stuff like that. And, like, you know, it doesn't look rigid. Like, you know, the, the character movements and stuff like that, like, are really good. Um, there's a really good YouTube series by these guy guys called The Corridor Crew. And they do uh special effects reacts and stuff like that, which i have mentioned on a few podcasts but uh luckily before we just did this episode, they covered spirits within and uh I think it's the most recent episode this past weekend and it was it was great so highly recommend going there to check it out um moving on from can you see
1: what? this? I can't get it, but uh it's hard for me the to character see. jane the uh mm-hmm. you know like the 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 soldier. The female soldier, uh, who's like, it's the one, it's the one, the one female soldier that's in the movie. Yes. Uh, I was going to say like, I know. Were you getting, (laughs) uh, any vibes from that as far as perhaps a character from the last of us part two? Oh her? Yeah. Mm. I kept watching it and I was like, no. I'm recognizing this, but like it's different from like when I used to watch it. And it's just like the the uh just like the mannerisms and the similarities between um between like this uh her her name is her name is Jane. Jane Jane um the similarities between uh her and um the character in the last of us part 2 uh which is just completely fucking escaping my brain right now cuz uh, all that all that's happening is ellie is in my head but it, it, abby abby abby
0: that's Laura Bailey in that movie
1: no it is not but it look uh, they the the man, like the uh... look and the feel we're reminding yeah. me of Abby from well, Last it of Us Part II. It makes
0: sense just because, uh, you know, they're both like soldiers, right? And that's the whole thing about Abby is that she's very like kind
1: of Militaristic, yeah, yeah. Very military, yeah. It was just bugging yeah, me for a that. little bit. And I know that me and you are big Abby heads. and We
0: are huge Abby even heads. Even though I couldn't fucking Abby, remember Abby, her Abby name stands. right now because my I'm a
1: fucking, m- m- fucking a mushy man. bowl of cereal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's
1: what I feel like.
0: So moving on into Advent Children. Uh, I think you uh, you and me, Mike, had a little bit of like flip-flopped opinions as Spirits Within, didn't have a ton of nostalgia for, wasn't very into, kind of appreciated it. Um, Advent Children I had a pretty good time watching, whereas for you, I think you were a little less hot I on Advent Children.
1: did a thing that I don't like doing, which is oh. I did not like the movie that I was watching. I was watching it for 40 minutes, and I was fucking Bored. It was like my brain was being pushed out of the back (laughs) of my fucking head. I was so fucking bored because, and it's not, it's more me than the movie. It is, I do not genuinely give a shit about these characters. I'm like, and and Advent children. (laughs) that is a must you must know who these, expect you to give you must shit. know yeah. who these characters are what the relationship is before going in especially in the first 40 minutes now when and I stopped it and I went to bed and then I complained to you the next day and then yes. I pressed play on it and again and within 10 minutes you pretty much get into the rest of the movie which is just all of these awesome epic fight scenes and set pieces yep. and really cool shit and payoffs and all this stuff. I was just very bored by the world building and stake setting that was just taking extremely fucking long rest well, of the, it movie, takes a rest long of the time. movie is so yeah. much fun. I, I had a blast watching yeah. it. It was really fucking cool. It was an awesome sequel in and in a continuation of certain stories. It, I had a blast with the rest of it. It's just that first like 40 minutes, man was just like, Oh, for the love of, f- of fucking God.
0: It, no, I mean, it really takes the time.
1: Did you watch the um,
0: dub or subbed of that one? Subbed. Subbed? Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I'm I'm glad I, I went with that version of it. Yeah, I think that the... So, Advent Children is really, I think, my first... Besides Kingdom Hearts, Advent Children was my first big splash into Final Fantasy. And I remember as a kid watching being like, I don't really fucking get what's going on. I don't know who these people are um i know cloud is and then i i remember i was like with my friends and i think i was getting like so nervous watching it because it was boring and i wanted to show them the cool fight scenes we would just fast forward to the cool fight scenes so and and then you know i kind of grew up and like even i've talked to people where i haven't seen in so long and they're like oh i kind of like having children still i'm just like that movie sucks uh and then i played final fantasy 7 remake so i had a little bit more context for you know what i had i had full context for the most part of what the story is leading into advent children and uh after beating remake and watching a lot of like theory videos and like you know easter egg hunts and things like that i even had more context for like uh final fantasy VII, final fantasy 7 before crisis crisis core the actual original game story and now advent children so watching it this time uh i was a little bit more into like the lore Aspect of it and the setup aspect of it, I still like, you know, definitely felt some of the fatigue going into it. But yeah, I do. I think a lot of the action still really holds up. Um, I'm assuming they're using the same technology that they spearheaded for Spirits Within in this movie because it, it looks, there are parts of it that look really good. I wish that we waited, like, I wish we had a little bit more time because I know the, uh, I think the 4K version of it just came out. Um but I just watched the H- HD version it looked cool. I would have liked to see it in 4K cuz I-, I bet you some of it would really pop, but... but Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um they really do expect you to fucking like I mean that movie is made for I feel like Final Fantasy 7 experts yes, cuz it's going made over my head. I'm like I'm pretty versed at this point. And yeah.
1: that's fine and they also they kind of put that right up at the front. They say to all the people who you know, wanted to return to this world and immerse themselves in it and love these characters, this is for you. Uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but it's essentially like a the words that come up on the screen before the movie starts. Um, the biggest issue with Advent Children that I have is also the biggest issue that I have with Final Fantasy VII, which is that it just uh, really takes itself too seriously. I think that it's just, it needs to lighten up a little bit and be like... it. It's just, it's cool to be intense and it's awesome to have cool things going on and doing these things, but I just, sometimes I'm just like, God, ah, guys, like, can we just like relax here for a second? Like, do a joke, make me laugh, uh, <laughs> you know? And that's kind of like, that's like the, like the, the rude character and the, the, you know, those two those two wacky goofballs those are yeah. those are kind of like they get a little bit of comic relief out of them but for the most part cloud is just like so 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 just eh he's so fucking yeah. sad all the time it's like
0: yes, yeah, sad all the time i do think remake does that way like does it way better um i do think remake kind of like fixes that that issue cuz there there are times where there's like a lot of really solid uh brevity and remake, and then I've already
1: noticed that too. You got your little Poochie. You got your little Poochie do. doing some doing some stuff.
0: Yeah, my girlfriend went to work, and she gave him to me. But he gets nervous when she leaves. Come on, buddy, relax. It's
1: okay. That's fine. This is this is what people sign up for the exclusive content for. Like this is the inside sure, look. They
0: get to hear. They get to hear my dog freak out. Yeah. What what what,
1: what okay, is uh, what does he think about? Final Fantasy
0: oh he doesn't give a fuck yeah <laughs> he's been watching me play Ratchet and Clank so I think that's cool he kind of looks like Ratchet a little bit he does yeah he's, he's a little Lombax yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah perfect for an um, audio medium yes
0: yes well if, if the listeners even know his name's Mister he looks like a Lombax uh, he's tiny though you're wiggling around I'm oh back. wow whoa yeah he freaks out when she leaves um, should uh, it's fine it's fine It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I think it's fine. it's fine. You know? Great. Advent children. Um Advent Children. Yeah, so I, I do think remake kind of like adds some of that brevity. And then when you like, you know, when you look at the original, it's it's really like Advent Children, I feel like, is what made it become so super serious. Because in the original Final Fantasy when I was playing the original Final Fantasy game, I was just like, it's pretty goofy. Yes, you know, like, it's it's pretty goofy, and then playing, like, you know, remake kind of blends the two where it, like, it's cinematically very serious, the art style's, like, a little bit more serious, but there's still moments where characters are, like, you know, quipping at each other back and forth, like, I do like seeing Cloud and Barrett talk, and I think it's, like, pretty good, and Cloud is, like, you know, he's he's serious, but just seems like kind of, like, a bit of, like, naive at times, too, and he's, like, very unsure of himself, like, there's a, there's a lot more depth just communicated in seeing those characters kind of on screen in that way but yeah and having children I mean like Cloud's just like sad until he's
1: less less sad It's just more like I'm not alone and it's like alright
0: yeah it's like fine so you knew like I don't know his, his, his like character arc in the movie is just like oh well he learns that like he has to be there for all these people. It's like, he should have kind of known. He's,
1: oh, I, I, <laughs> I would feel like, like the events of Final you know, Fantasy VII, the game, would have taught him that. But sure, taught him to okay. Do that.
0: Yeah, but it's um, fine. Yeah,
1: Cloud's just like, he comes across as a dickhead to me. Um, and he's cool and stuff. And I guess like, he's just like, The complications in his character that make him interesting just seem like, you know, the kid that's fucking sitting by himself at the eighth grade formal so that people pay attention to him and know how lonely he is. That's the vibe that I get. You know, it's Sephiroth is cooler than Cloud. I'm sorry. And, you know, Sephiroth doesn't show up until the end of this movie. And um, when he shows up, I'm just like, cool. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Great. Into it. Yeah. Um, and that's cool. Yeah, I think they, they didn't do a great job
0: explaining. Like, I got go it. Go They could have. Yeah. They could have explained, like, who are these, like, disciples of Sephiroth. They, they do such a piss-poor job explaining, like what Mother is and what Jenova is. Right, because they like, just
1: assume that you know from the game. Like They
0: assume that you know, and then it's like, the game, I don't even think does that. Like Not, that not, to not, not really. To
1: you have a basic no. understanding of like Jenova and all of that stuff in the comment and yeah, all of the, these and things. And the live stream yeah. and stuff like that. But it's just yeah. like the game, the movie is just like, yo, nerds, this is for you. You know, this so we're not really, gonna, yeah. we're not gonna fuck around too much with like all the stuff that you know, because you are nerds. Yeah.
0: yeah. And like, you know, it's not the first time you see, you know, it's interesting that there is a lot of content that will, will come back and be like, we're doing, we're doing one last one for you guys. And like seven is a weird one where it's like, you know, the main game was, was untouchable for so long. They didn't remake it until they kind of could do it perfect. And even now they're doing it pretty good, but in a, in a weird way. You know, like, you have Samurai Jack come back for its, like, last season, and it's just like, this one's for the fans! Or, um, you know, there's, like, other examples of just, like, beloved things coming back, and or, like, uh, Evangelion is one where it's, like, you know, the last season of, or the last episode of Evangelion, they ran out of money and they made it super weird. So then they come out with the movie, and the movie's kind of weird, but it's, like, seems like exactly what those people really fucking wanted. So here you go. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, Advent Children... Is is for the fans? I think any really diehard Final Fantasy VII fan, you know, really remembers that movie well and really likes that movie because it was like an event when it came out. Like for me, it's like I think it's cool. I've grown to kind of like it more now that I have more context and now now that I'm like super into Final Fantasy VII remake, I I, I enjoyed it more.
1: Totally, it, it's um, kind of crazy how like they look very similar as far as like the updated yeah. character designs. Even though, I mean, Advent Children came out in like what 2000. Five, yeah, I think so. Yeah, fun, yeah. fun story about Advent Children. Uh, in 2005, I was living in Japan and Advent Children came out and I bought it on DVD and I put it, I'm assuming it was a big deal, it was a very there. big deal over there. I so I yeah. bought it. I, um, in the military, uh, not a great idea to hold on to DVD like cases and stuff, so you have binders that you put them all in so that you can. You know, they don't take up too much space because you only have so much to use on a boat. Um,
0: You are a movie boy. And I was a movie boy, so I had a big binder. And
1: I had the DVD for Advent Children in that binder to this very day. And I never watched it until a couple days ago. (laughs) And I didn't even watch the DVD... Because I wanted to watch it in HD and I rented yeah. it. So I bought this thing brand spent spanking $4. new for like $20 off the rack. Never watched it for about 16 years and then just spent like $3 to rent it on Amazon. And now we're talking about and it. And now for, we're talking about it. And this is it, you know. Uh, it's cool. Uh, it is cool. I, I, I like it. Yeah, I like it too.
0: So, Mike, I'm very curious to hear what your thoughts are on uh, Final Fantasy 7 remake.
1: Is that the one that you uh, like?
0: Um, that's the one that I I like. fucking
1: hate. It. It's stupid. Anybody that likes it that's is true. dumb. Uh, He's an idiot. No, I love it. I've I've played about the first. I gotta say, like, I put like maybe three hours into it and just kind of like rolled around the world to a bunch. Like, I am not that far into the story at yeah. all, but. Um, I do like how it kind of is utilizing the uh, like kind of Kingdom Hearts uh, like RPG fighting style with like, you know, you're taking a lot from like the turn-based kind of stuff with actions and commands and it's a stuff. It's really cool blend. It, right? it is very cool. I like it a lot. Yeah. I was a little iffy about it at first because like I'm not a Final Fantasy Seven purist, but I do think that Final Fantasy needs to be the that turn base, like, that's what makes them all Final Fantasy games, is you can have all these different stories that aren't connected to each other, but you got to have that turn-based system, and that's what makes it, like, that's what makes it a Final Fantasy game. But I think that the fact that Kingdom Hearts is, in a way, a Final Fantasy uh, series, and that this is a remake, so it's a reinterpretation, It's allowed to kind of get away with all of it. And I'm just I can really kind of take it in for not breaking the mold in a bad way, but kind of evolving it. And I really like it. I like the way the thing looks. I like that you're able to kind of just walk around and do stuff. I like that they keep a lot of like the, you know, the chests and all of that stuff where you can just find items and do these things. I like how the music is the same for certain things, but just updated Uh, liking it a lot. And even though I in no way have the time to be playing a game right now, uh, I'm probably going to keep continuing it and just kind of throw in an hour or so at it every now and then to, to keep in there. Yeah,
0: dude. I, uh, yeah, I, I love that game. Yeah. I got it when it came out last year and, uh, it came out, you know, peak, quarantine we were really like you know first like month or two inside i just remember that game brought me like a lot of joy like that game just made me feel happy i think the combat in that game is is genius uh i love it it only gets like more deep as you like uh, keep going you get materia and kind of do builds and stuff like that i think it's such a good blend of like being an rpg that's not like Oh, this is going to be 200 hours long. Like, you know, it's 45 hours long. It's a little bit longer compared to like an action game. It's on the short side compared to RPG. It's a really good length. Um, and you know, I'm very, I'm very curious to talk to you, Mike, you know, after you beaten the game, because without spoiling anything there, there are moments narratively that hint at this game is, it's not quite a remake right? in a narrative sense. And, uh. And it's cool because I think out of the three things that we're talking about today on the Final Fantasy episode, there's really only one adaptation we're talking about, and it's and it's Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's interesting to to you know maybe one day we'll we'll talk about it on the microphone or just talk about it off mic as friends. As we I mean, think.
1: yeah, especially on this. Podcasts like we're always going to have moments to be able to kind of reflect back on certain things, uh, yeah, you know, such as right now. I can tell you that uh, Mortal Kombat was a fine movie, and um, everybody just needs to fucking chill out for a second. Like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, we, we talked about that yeah. at length. Everyone I don't know, man. I talked process, to
1: some people so. about that movie, and like, you cannot like something, and it's totally fucking fine, and it's yeah. just like. It's when you don't like something and you make fun of the people who are literally saying, it's okay. You're just like, what are you fucking... So so it, like that's when I'm just kind of like wait did you really like not like it or like did you want to not like it are you like people who are so did it, like did it kill people a who are so proud of not liking something that's when it's really fucking like when I don't like something I kind of just don't talk about it all that much you know like I'm just kind of like because yeah, what's the <laughs> right, right? Yeah. yeah it's so it's just one of those things but like and I genuinely do like I've gotten a lot of I've gotten a lot of bullshit the past month for our takes on Mortal Kombat man um, and um, I'm just like look uh, they could,
0: they could fuck i don't know whatever i'm not care. i'm, I'm kind of <laughs>
1: curious why you were walking into a mortal Kombat movie um in 2021 expecting like i don't know fucking there will be blood or something and just being like yeah. I, I don't know i i it's it, it it worked for me so fuck you i like a movie i like one movie more than you do so ha 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 ha, ha. i win
0: yeah, I mean, if people really want to get up in arms about Mortal Kombat, still they can, uh, they can just continue to watch the stuff that they like. The only yeah. movie that I don't like that I like to talk about all the time, there's okay. two. Rise of Skywalker, I don't like that ah, fucking movie, ah, and uh, ah, I'm gonna tell people about it. And my favorite movie not to like is the Joker. It really, it, because I might seek
1: I might secretly it, really, it really like it because I talk like, about it all the it time. It is my favorite movie to talk about. <laughs> How much I don't like it, even though (laughs) like I re-listened to our Joker podcast uh, not too long ago. We're so tame. Well, because we were like, it's fine. This is fine. It's a fine film. Interesting idea. Kind of ripping some stuff off, but whatever. Those are good movies. It's just like, it's the fact that like people were just like, fucking, this movie is fucking groundbreaking. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. I know it. What? Insane. All right. Yeah.
0: No, it's certainly not. It's not really breaking any ground, and not even for the superheroes. And sub-genre. connecting
1: it to you know, Final Fantasy VII, Sephiroth really was kind of like the OG Joker. You know, he he goes werewolf <laughs> in that in that game. He does, and he he threatens well, he to is, go werewolf. He is
0: contrarian to the to uh, you know he he represents kind of like the full blown bad side of like with the eco the radical of the eco terrorists. You know, they they'll blow up a few Shinra corporations but they don't want to hurt no. nobody sephiroth wants to take down the whole fucking yeah he's he's kind of he's he's, he's over dog. it mm-hmm. no he's fucking done he got fucked over too I many hope times walking
1: phoenix gets to play sephiroth oh, one day <laughs> and robert de niro can play cloud mm. yeah fan casting final I'd fantasy 7 but i'd watch but, the but shit with your with that. your eye on chaos mm-hmm.
0: I'm gonna replay Final Beats, soon because it also just came out with the, uh, plays Tifa, the PS5 version. And a Beats of Tifa, ooh, controversial. Controversial,
1: and um, the dude that Tom plays Holland Thomas plays Wayne Barrett. in Joker <laughs> plays Barrett. Controversial. <laughs> um, yeah, who else we Joaquin Phoenix can also play uh, Yuffie. I think that that yeah. I think he'd have a lot of fun with that. I I think that it would be
0: good to cast the dog from Love and Monsters as Red 13.
1: That would be good but voiced by yeah. um Zazie Beats. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, Judd Apatow can play um Marlene. Sure, yep. Because Judd Judd Apatow's the guy that directed uh, Joker, right? Judd Apatow, it's the other funny. Yeah, guy. he's like a, he's usually directs comedies, but he yeah. directed a masterpiece yeah, of drama. Yeah, the guy who made a.
0: Uh, yeah, what is it? The guy who made um. Anchorman Seth MacFarlane. And, yeah. Uh, no, mm-hmm. no, the um. Andy.
1: Andy Samberg um, from Lonely Island. He directed surf, Joker. Surf, uh,
0: sur- circus? Sur-
1: circus. What are we doing? What are we doing on the next episode, Robbie? Yeah, you know what, Mike? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, would you like me to remind you? <laughs> Next up on 8 Bits, we are diving into one of the most successful Ooh, video game series. Now. What is it, Robbie?
0: Resident We're doing Resident Evil.
1: Evil. Uh, I believe that uh, we decided that we will mainly be focusing on the first movie. Uh, As well as uh, a side conversation on uh, the first Silent Hill film, which, you know, the Silent Hill games, and the Resident Evil games have a lot of uh, similarities to them. And the Silent Hill movie is pretty fucking cool and interesting to talk about. And that first Resident Evil movie is a pretty wild little fucking movie. You know, we're going back to Paul W.S. Anderson, who directed the first Mortal Kombat that we talked about. Yeah. Um, so we'll be talking about those and also where the game series have gone. And I've seen all the Resident Evil movies because last summer I took a deep dive and watched all of them and uh, had a blast. Yes, you did. Um, yes, those you did. movies are, uh, I liken them to, and this is probably a very similar, or rather a very simple line to draw, but I liken them to uh, the Fast and Furious movies where if you are not, okay. if you have not watched them, they look fucking stupid and ridiculous but if you have watched them they're stupid and ridiculous but you know that they're doing that on purpose that it, you, yeah, you you can, you can watch the evolution of these things where they're just like wouldn't it be great if and they just do that so yeah. that's going to be our next episode resident evil
0: what uh what games do you think we're going to focus on this time around specifically i mean
1: I, there's a lot of resident, lot evil, of resident evil, games. evil games i have played all the resident evil games through 5 um, so I know okay. that I am very behind. Um, I'm hoping mm-hmm. to be able to. Um, I mean, have you have you played uh, Resident Evil Big Tits?
0: No, I haven't played eight. Um, giant tits, giant, giant tits, ass, giant, giant ass, feet. kind <laughs> of French, yeah. Kind of French. Uh, I haven't played Resident Evil Eight. I'd like to. Um, a lot of games out right now but uh, i played resident evil 2 remake and i think that's also a good ooh like
1: i'm into that yeah you
0: know yeah cuz 2 remake is kind of like you know it's, it's remaking an old one so you see kind of like what the vision is going to I'll, I'll scoop a copy
1: of that and, and and at the at the that one's pretty cheap but yeah, right at now the very too. least to kind of yeah. plug in um a few hours to be able to kind of speak on it cuz that's one i'd also love to play yeah. cuz resident evil 2 is one of my favorite games
0: yeah, and like I've played four, I've played five. I think four was kind of my first jump into it. But four is like one of like, that's like the one, you know, that's the one people love the most. I would really?
1: Say. Uh, yeah, I would say two is the one, four? like the original two from N64. That yeah. was the big one. I played the original Resident Evil on PC way back in the day. Yeah. That's a great fucking game, man. Um, yeah, and you know, like I played zero. I played the Resident Evil remake, the original one for like uh, when it was, I think Nintendo was doing it Um, because I had on my GameCube Um, yeah but this is all this is all conversation for the next episode
0: yes exactly Cool. well Mike thank you so much for joining me and thank you listeners for listening I appreciate you uh, dealing with my dog sounds he's on my lap now honestly
1: I don't mean to speak for the listeners but I think it was fine
0: good well I'm glad now he's all good and chill All right, well, we'll be back to talk about Resident Evil. And you'll find out what you're buying and what we're selling. Hell yeah. Until next time. Peace.